Welcome, everyone, to It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with four different flavors coming from four different gamers. I am your host, Patrick Smith, and I want to welcome my co-hosts, Nick Irwin, Shane Eisterhold, and Russell Rowe. Hey, Patrick. Where can they find us? Well, the first place you should check out is our website at ittastedifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. You can also find us on Facebook at It Tastes Different. Uh, we're also on Instagram at It Tastes Different PC. And then last but not least is Twitter, where you can find us at It Tastes Diff. What's on the menu for tonight? We head on over to Medieval Times for a medieval feast and cheer on the Blue Knight with Crusader Kings 3. Crusader Kings 3 is a, a grand strategy game set in the Middle Ages, developed by Paradox Development Studio and published by Paradox Interactive. It's a sequel to Crusader Kings and Crusader Kings 2. Uh, the game basically released in October, uh, excuse me, September 1st of 2020. It came out on uh, Windows and Mac and basically came out on Game Pass for PC. Basically, I'm going to turn over the first review of this game over to Shane. Shane, tell us what you thought of this game. It was very cumbersome. I mean, it was, uh, for, for me, I don't play these games a lot, uh, especially one that is this managing. I mean, there's so many things that you have to remember how to do, you know, what you got to do. I found it myself watching a ton of YouTube videos trying to remember how to do certain things, which button was which, which symbol was which. It's a very managing game. It's, uh, as Patrick told me, it's definitely got a steep learning curve. It's interesting game, and I would like to try again with a, uh, oh, let's say a dumbed down version <laughs> that's a little less, uh, micromanaging, which, uh, it's, I'm not good at, I'm not good at micromanaging. It's just not me. I do it for work, and that's all I ever want to do it. The, uh, the gameplay is, is interesting. Um, the way you conquer islands, marry the children, you know, and a game goes on for generations. It's, uh, it's very interesting and I wished I could enjoy it more, but that, that learning curve for me is just, it's almost impossible. But that said, if you like Nick and you're a masochist, you can enjoy this game. I mean, there's a lot to it. Um, I would recommend it if you enjoy these types of games and you really like the difficulty of remembering every little thing. But, you know, that's that's just me. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I think you'll have an easier time if you're familiar with Crusader Kings and familiar with the game. I don't think I've ever played. I know of Crusader Kings. I don't think I've ever played one. This, this would be my first one I've actually played. And it is got a very steep learning curve. Uh, it's got a really good tutorial that does take you through, and it's a pretty long one, that does take you through a lot of the mechanics. And, you know, they have two uh, tool tips within tool tips. And there's highlighted words that you'll see when you click on certain things. And you can highlight, you can put your mouse cursor on those, and it'll tell you what that is. And there might be tool tips within that, which will tell you what uh, words inside of there mean. And so it is a lot of, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. This is a type of game that you would, you know, want to play almost daily for quite a while to really get the good grasp of it. I think once you got a good grasp of the game, it would be a lot of fun. Because when I was learning some mechanics and I was building my army up and I was taking over different countries, 
I felt like, you know, yeah, this was fun. I like expanding my territory. Um, and then, you know, you get, like Shane said, you get married, you pick a wife, uh, you know, and the wives have different traits and they have different ideas and religions and there's a lot going into this game. There's religion and uh, renown and, you know, what, you know, how your country expands and what, and then you have different counties within your country that can be ran by your kids or your cousins or your uncles or whatever, nephews or whatever. And you can get them married off and, you know, you can get in alliances with other countries, which you can help bring over uh, if you go to war with a big country. Maybe they need their military might. So as long as you're in good standing, you can ask them to join you in war and that will help you expand your dynasty, basically. I mean, that's really what the game is, is expanding your dynasty, expanding your lineage throughout the lands because your character does die. You know, if you don't have kids, uh, someone to carry on your lineage, then, you know, that's pretty much the end of the game. But as long as you have, you know, as long as you get a wife and you got to make sure that your wife can bear children, that does even have that. Uh, aspect of it you know it'll tell you that this particular person can or cannot you can even marry your cousins which they tell you that your kids may come out not so (laughs) right (laughs) so um you know and you can so you know so you want to have you know you want to get a wife that can can bear children or has the ability to potentially have kids and then therefore you have a, a child and hopefully you know, there's espionage in this game. So, you know, you, you want to make sure that, you know, you, you uh, other AI or even yourself can send your spies in to potentially sway other people or even uh, assassinate other kings and other rulers. And you can, therefore, also be assassinated or maybe your kids, your lineage ends, you know, if you don't have another child or that child hasn't grown. But your character does get older and they do die. If they don't die from something else, they do just die naturally. And then... You you know, if you have several kids, you may pick one to take over uh, or you have kind of a, you do. They do have a system of kind of a, a a lineage type system to say who's next in line for whatever it is. And that's not just your kingdom either. That could be a different country that you own or area that you own. And you get to pick who's coming up next in that. Uh, and of course, you can be any type of ruler you can be. You know, a really good ruler to his people or a bad ruler to people, you know, but that also brings in other things like uh, citizen uprising and and other things of that nature. So it's just a really in-depth system. It has a lot to learn. It is really cool. There's a lot of systems in play. There's a lot of things to think about. Luckily, it does have a pause button, so you can pause time and kind of think about your next actions, which is really what you have to do. You can't keep the timer going, or you're just going to get overwhelmed. Um, you got to pause it and line up your following two or three or four uh, actions or what you think you're going to do and how things are going to go and kind of sway the game in that direction to really get from A to B. Otherwise, you're just, you're just not going to get there. So that's basically my thought. It is fun. It's just it takes a long time to get, I think to get into it. You know, it's just it's going to take a long time playing through it to finally uh, get a grasp of what's going on. But uh, Russ, what did you think of this game? Well, I think first off, what we could all do is probably talk about a game mechanic. Like if we went like the foursome here and we went one two three four one two three four, we just kept. We could probably go for the next two hours and talk about a game mechanic 
that is different for each round. Like we could probably talk about that for two hours. That's how massive this game is. But my main thoughts are when a game says there is no way to win Crusaders three as the first sentence in the tutorial, that usually means to run, run for your life. No, I'm kidding. It is a very, very neat game. When we talk about lineage, we're talking about the hierarchy. We're talking about how does your kingdom and how does your um, realm progress through centuries or through through um, generations, generation upon generation. So when you're setting up your main person, like one of the first things is to do is marry. And I think the very first time I played this, I think I married about 50 people. I think I was like betrothing like six-year-olds to like, you know, like together. It was like, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I was like, okay, so, so Edith is going to marry John in about 12 years. I think if I do the math, that means if I die at 62, I mean, there was parts of it where I was like, okay, how do I do this? And then one of my first failures was, and this is seems so silly, but that first kind of tutorial fight, I forgot that you had to actually attack the keep. You had to attack the building in order to win over the land. And I think that took me uh, half a day just to figure out how to get through that portion of the tutorial. Uh, I don't think I am that dumb, but maybe this game definitely, well, let's put it this way. This game made me feel dumb on occasion. Uh, the tooltips beyond tooltips you figure should, they're, let's put it this way. They're very thorough within their tutorial. However, there's so much thoroughness that you forgot the first thing that you read. Again, I don't want to sound like I'm really complaining about the game. I'm just saying is is what pops into my head or keeps popping into my head is that old, uh, what is it, I think South Park line where, you know, how do you kill that which has no life? And that's what you really need to have playing this game. You need to have no life. You need to live your life through this. Uh, it's like an adult version of, or it's like a strategy version of Sims generations upon generations with a little bit of like combat, a little bit of like risk type of uh, aspects and stuff like that. So I'm not going to say that I dislike the game because I still feel like there's more to learn, but it's definitely something that because of our, because of our schedules and our lives, if we put so much time into it and then something fails in the way that we don't want it to fail, it's so frustrating that you almost want to put down the game. So uh, at least stop playing it for a short period of time. But uh, that's kind of my uh, initial thoughts, some initial discussion. Uh, Patrick, uh, I'm going to throw it to you and see what you think. Well, these type of games are my forte. I love grand strategy games. I will say the Crusader Kings are always been kind of hard. They're very management game. I mean, they what they are. And in Crusader Kings 3 is no no different. It's all about expanding your holdings, gaining more titles, keeping your dynasty going and moving forward. I mean, basically, these games are often called dynasty uh, simulators because you're basically the way that you play the game is you just keep, keep you keep your lineage alive. So basically, you have good succession plans in place and, and basically spread your family out, you know, whore your family out for better better choice of words. Because basically, you want to marry off your cousins or your, your sons and daughters to wealthy or famous houses or, you know, kingdoms outside of your own influence so that they can basically create alliances or, you know, create – if you have daughters, you can create matrilineal marriages so that the, the – kids are always born into your household or if you have sons you can 
have them marry high-profile women so that they bring sons into your household and stuff like that so that you basically keep your lineage alive because, like, as Nick and everybody said, your character will die of old age or through war or get injured or stuff like that. And when they die, you need to have an heir or a lineage available because it doesn't have to be a direct heir because if you die and you don't have a direct heir, someone in your family who's the who's the de facto right behind you with renown will basically kind of take over. The hardest part about this game is just learning the different titles that you need to progress or you need to get because the game basically has multiple ways of playing. You can, you know, it has faith, uh, it has doctrines, it has government, it has schemes, you have councils, you have titles, you have all kinds of stuff that you just need to consider. Your individual character that you're playing at the time has attributes and they have a preferred lifestyle and those lifestyles have traits and, you know, and, and the game has resources. So there's a lot of micromanagement in this game. But, you know, if you sit down and take your time, it, it definitely is one of those games that if you like grand strategy and like dynasty simulators, it's, it's a top game. It's, it's top ranked and for good reason. It's just very in depth. I played quite a bit. Um, I will say that I played quite a few times too because I got wrecked in the beginning a few times, not paying attention. Uh, being able to pause the game is always a great feature in these type of games so you can react to events. I know that Nick, Russ, and myself played a multiplayer game, and we had decided not to pause it to try to run through it and see how it was. I will admit that I got trounced in less than 15 minutes <laughs> in that game, and I was like, all right, I'm done. I was just – there was just so – we were playing on normal mode, normal speed, and just so much was coming in at any given time. I couldn't track it all. I remember one time getting attacked, you know, somebody declaring war on me, and I'm like, where did this come from? Uh, you know, uh, they had a they had a Calisbelli on me, and I just was like, okay, all right, so I'm going to attack this guy. My army was better than his. I attacked him. He ran off, and I was off doing something else, and some other stuff was going on. And, and you know, I didn't send my army to go attack his keep so I could take over his thing to end the war because I was trying to answer all these other things that were coming in. He ended up coming back and, like, taking over a couple of my territories, and I'm like, what is going on? And before I realized that he's attacking my main city and he killed my – Kill my brother, and then he injured my king, and I'm just like, what? I cannot keep up with this. So being able to pause the game is what makes this game. So you can basically read, because this game has a lot of reading. As Nick said, there's tooltips within tooltips. I think Exhibit was on their uh, development studio. He's like, yo, dog, I heard you like tooltips and your tooltips. <laughs> you know? So I think that um, it's, it's very well put together, uh, very clearly written on what you need to do. Basically, the hardest part that I think a lot of people have trouble with in this game is learning how to properly use your your family and your dynasties and how to properly how to properly take over territories. Because the biggest thing that I've always read and, and I've heard from even in our own groups is how do I how come I can't attack this guy who's over here? And it's because you don't have a you don't have a, a Casas Belli or how can you pronounce that thing right half the time? But basically, you have a reason for war. You know, you don't, they don't, you don't have a right to, you don't have a right or claim to the title that they have. And titles are a big thing in this game. And that's, that's another thing is because you have to understand the difference between a barony, a county, and a duchy, and a kingdom, and an empire to be able to be successful at these games. So, and it's just learning to read that hierarchy and, and learning how to manipulate your own status within there. Because usually in the starting campaign, you start out as a, um, a petty king basically of your little of your area and you can become the king of Ireland in the tutorial if you pick the easy tutorial and you just gotta take over a good chunk of it and then claim title on to be the king 
and then take out, you know, there's ways around it. You can either fight them or you can do like schemes. There is so many options in this game. So, so as Russ and, and Nick and I said, we could put tons of hours and time into this game that, you know, and just talking about it, but you know, it is difficult, but it is fun at the same time. I do enjoy games like this, but I have to have the time because I can't sit down for an hour and make any progress. I need to sit down. This is one of those games where you're just like one more turn, one more turn, you know, it leads into one more turn, leads into 30, 40, or 50 more turns. The next thing you know, it's three hours later, and you're like, crap. So there is a lot to this game, but in my opinion, it's it's definitely a decent grand strategy in, in, uh, in Dynasty Simulator. Shane, how far did you make it? You know, how much time would you say you actually put into the game? I put in at least four hours, and I only got maybe an hour into it. That's how bad I was. I spent more time, like I said, I spent more time watching videos and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the symbol for, uh, uh, you know, for this. Or, oh, yeah, that's who's supposed to marry that. I couldn't keep up with the micromanager. That, and that's on me. That's not the game. That's, that's just me. But I mean, I did. I put a lot of time in it because it was making me angry that I could remember when you go into the subscreen where it shows, uh, uh, your family and your, uh, God, I can't think of the, whatever that deal is called in there. I had to keep looking things up because I couldn't remember what was what and how to do what. Uh, it's just, like I said, that's, Really not my kind of, if they would make a mode in there, uh, that was, I don't know, just more simplistic, you know, like the special needs me mode, um, I would really like to try that game again. My biggest problem was the micromanage. I could not remember how to do 90% of everything because there's just so many little things. Like I said, I got through the island, the first island was at Ireland, Scotland, some land. Uh, but that's that's as far as I got. I got so aggravated at that game so many times. I just put it down. I'd walk away and I'd come back and I'd try again. All right, let's do this because I right. wanted to give it a nice, good, fair review. And from you know, for a gamer like myself, you know, I wanted to I wanted to enjoy this game more because the concept of it is really cool. But I just I couldn't do it. There's too much micromanagement in it for me. If they would make a, uh, you know, a me mode where it's, it, it's not as uh, cumbersome, um, I would enjoy it more. I really would. I think, yeah, you would probably enjoy more. Like, I don't know if you guys played like Lords of the Realm back in the day, but that's what the, that's just like the combat and takeover portion. <laughs> that's what that reminds me of. This Lord of the Realms is kind of like a very, very dumbed down version of this game where you just take your army and you take over territory and, and create your kingdom. Yeah, I mean that that you know if you want a, a dumbed down version of this game, Civilization is like mm-hmm. you know that would be it because Civilization is a really easy game to understand and to to play. It, it takes a long time to play a game of Civilization, but it kind of, this game kind of remind me of the, of of Civilization in a sense, um, way way more expanded than Civilization is. Civilization is really just about building up your army mainly and just taking over territories. There are other diplomatic stuff you could do in civilization, but that's really the gist of civilization. You know, yeah, this game should come with an encyclopedia. So <laughs> every copy well, the, comes with an encyclopedia. They, they actually have the paradox wiki for this one. So I, I, I use that quite a bit because it'd be easier for me to have this stuff on another monitor because it, it breaks it down for you, and and games like this do need a really good strong compendium, uh, you know, with them. And so this one has that, 
it has it in the game and it has it outside of the game. So they have like basically three or six categories of things that you should be familiar with. And it's things like what you need to know to get started, things about your character, things about your realm and governance, warfare, faith, and then meta. And meta has things just like, you know, jargon for the game and stuff like that that they talk. Because when you break this down into its, you know, break this game down into its its pieces, its individual pieces, I mean, you have like 40, I think you really have, you know, if I'm being honest, you probably have around 20 to 30, 20 to 30 things that you have to micromanage. You have to micromanage your character's attributes and their traits and then the resources and your lifestyle. And you have to, you have to manage your vassals and your court and your council and your laws and titles and schemes and government. And then all the different titles that your vassals have. And then you have your faith. So you have doctrines and tenets and religion. And then with warfare, you have the, the, the Casus Belli, the army, you know, and then higher armies and then alliances. I mean, there's just so much to micromanage in this game and it, it takes a lot of attention. You just, it's not one of those games where you can just let it run in the background and let it go. You have to be constantly paying attention because one of my initial issues that I had was earning money. I wasn't earning enough money and I realized it was because I didn't have certain ones. My vassals didn't have, uh, they weren't ruled by titles that they were expecting to be ruled by. So I had to go figure out how to get the title for the area that they were in because I took, I took over territory that was outside of my direct influence. So they were like, Hey, I need the, the Duke, the, the Duchy of the, you know, whatever, the just or whatever. And I would just have to go figure out how to get that title. And I'm just like, okay. So it's a lot of reading. This game is a lot of reading. It's basically create your own dynasty story. If you will, you're, you're telling the story of your family and how you're going to make it big or go broke. Right. <laughs> so, so Russ, how much time did you think you probably put into this game overall? Overall, I probably put at least 16 to 20 hours. I'm trying to think. Yeah, about 16 to 20 hours. Um, I think I did something a little bit differently in the, in the one main game that I really played. I talked about how I didn't quite get the whole island of, of Ireland conquered. When I was looking back at some of the things, I also, I didn't, I did it without even realizing that I actually married some, some of my children in like, uh, nieces and nephews to like uh Spanish wives and so in actuality had I been smart or something if I would have schemed or done something and their their uh, father one of them was a father who didn't have any sons if she if he would have died she would have inherited the land I would have gotten the land or at least I could have stole that title I think uh and like there was more expansion that that was going on that I didn't even know about and honestly it took me probably 6 hours to realize that I actually had to build a building build a certain barracks in order to build my army higher and so there was a lot of that I got really bogged down in the details and probably spent a solid 4 hours uh on a on a weekend day just reading and going through and like I said marrying everybody and and trying to find the right traits for the right wife. You know, I didn't want some clubfoot wife or something like that that ended <laughs> up going to be affecting my, you know, third generation born. It, it was so much, but I would say 16 to 20 uh, is a good roundabout uh, number for me. And what about you, Nick? How, how long do you think you played it? Uh, probably about 12 hours. I did get in really good one night where I did take over most of Ireland, which is the... During the tutorial, that's the starting area. So 
you know, I took over most of that and I probably could have taken over the rest, but I stopped to go do something else and, and just never came back to it. But I remember one of the things that I did that I just kind of wanted to look at and experience was I restarted the game quite a bit, choosing the different and looking at because when you go to the choose a character, you can actually choose a time period. So it's not all set in the same time. I mean, it is all medieval times, but you can choose like earlier dates because the tutorial is like. Uh, as far as the time periods that you can choose from, and I can't remember the time periods that they have so, options to select from, but there's actually one that's even further along than where they start. And then there's like three or four that are before um, you start the tutorial time. So, and then if you look at each character on that screen, they also see, they also show you how difficult they are, right? The one in the tutorial is the easy one. And there are other easy kings and queens that you can choose from. Um, but there are also some that are medium and some that are hard. And what's kind of cool, too, is like some you pick, they're already at war. They already have a situation going on, right? So not everyone starts out where they're just at peace, and then you kind of go from there. Some of them start out at war with other countries or other factions. So I tried to go through and check out a lot of that stuff, you know, going through and just starting with different kings and seeing how that kind of paced out. And so... Um, I didn't just stick with one character and try to make it as far as I could go. I did with the tutorial character, but, you know, then I went off and tried some other characters out. So, Right, yeah, you could start out in, like, 867 or 1066, basically in, like, early medieval or kind of mid-medieval time, and basically pick any one of the groupings in there. Like, if you do the early one, you have a lot of tribal warfare stuff going on where there's less kingdoms, so there's less people, but there's more, like, there's little lands the same, but you have less, like, kingdoms and baronies and stuff like that to contend with but it's also harder because a lot of people are more warlike in that one yeah but so basically yeah the game if you do the tutorials if you follow the tutorial as you start in the easy mode in like the 1066 era then basically as you play uh i can't even remember the king's name the petty king's name in, in ireland that you play but you can pick any kingdom on the map and start as them but yeah it was like nick said they have negatives some of them have negative starting at things where they basically say this guy's at war uh, just all kinds of different things. And I, I don't know. You could probably do, I guarantee you could probably do a 10 hour YouTube video on this game and probably miss stuff. If you were talking about this game, if you go through every little nook and cranny of this game, because there is a lot and there is a lot to consider. And the game, even on the easiest mode of the game, it still hits you with just. It just hits you in the face, even on the easiest modes, which is still cool, though, I think. It's just you have to learn to play. If you're going to be warlike, you have to learn to use your, your levies and then also supplement or, in some cases, become primarily pick your hired forces because your hired forces is the only way to make your army better. The levies are always, like, the lesser armies, the lesser types. So you want, like, hired, like, men-at-arms and pikemen, and stuff like that to make up a good chunk of your army because they make your army stronger. And it's just that when they're hired, they cost money, and they cost money to maintain even when the armies aren't raised. So that's kind of where it gets into some some tactics of how much how many hired forces do you want to have just sitting in wait waiting for a war that's draining that's basically taking away from the tax revenue that you get from each of your vassals and your in your own area as well. Yeah, and, and, and when you were talking about the men at arms, you know when they're not at, raised up. They they are they are they are taking money, but they're actually taking less. And it'll actually show you like once you raise that army, how much maintenance it takes in gold to 
when they're out and about, when they're raised. So that's really cool. But yeah, there's a ton of micromanagement. One of those things that, you know, if you're wanting to play this game and you're thinking about playing this game, one of the things Patrick said, you know, the appendix that's out there uh, on what Paradox's website, I assume, or on the wiki, right? Yeah, they got a Paradox wiki. Yeah, so on the wiki, that stuff. And also YouTube. There are a ton of tutorial videos made by just regular YouTubers that really know how to play this game. And I watched a few of them. They do a really good job of, like, uh, they also section things off so they have different videos depending on what you want to dive into. And they dive into that and kind of show you and really go over that stuff. So there's a lot of information out there to be able to play this game and learn it uh, and not just not just by playing it, but also by, you know, watching videos and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of tips and tricks and beginner guides and all sorts of uh, in-depth videos out there and stuff. Yep, I watched a, I watched a few YouTube videos on quite a bit of scheming that they were doing, like marrying their their daughters over to this kingdom and producing an heir and then killing off the husband so they can inherit the titles and the kingdom and stuff like that. I mean, there's so many ways to just... There's just so many ways to play this game. The, how devious or or pious you want to be, there's ways to play it. You know, if you want to play a faith-based game, you can spread your faith and get more. You know, more of the the you know the I can't remember what it's called now, but basically you get the the main currencies are renown, uh, money or gold, and then there's like a religious one, and there's another, there's a fourth one, and I can't remember off the top of my head what it is now. Is it yeah, faith? No, I don't think that was one. Mm-hmm. There's renowned faith, military might, I think, is one of them, right? Yeah, and gold was one of them. And gold, and then there's one more. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, there's a, quite a few resources, and, and maintaining them within balance is kind of difficult because I would notice that my goal, like I said, gold always seemed to be – gold always seemed to be the hardest one for me to, to get. So you you uh, so it's, it's fame, piety – Gold and then yeah, those are the big ones that, that there is. The prestige is another one. So that's your social standing, and then you have a, a level of fame, and you could go from like disgraced all the way to like living legend, and then you have piety, and piety is basically centered to religious icon, and then you know you have your gold. So you know it's got a lot of just different nuances to it, and it and basically the game will never end unless. You know, unless your entire dynasty dies off. So as long as you got a brother or cousin or whatever left over, and as long <laughs> as they have some claim to your to your dynasty, it'll let you play them. So you can start like I started in uh, in Scotland on one of them and played as a king, and he got killed, and I got all the way down to a baron, and I was like, well, I'm, this game's done. I lost so much ranking here because of this. So you know, it's uh, it's definitely a well in depth game, and if you like dynasty simulators or grand strategy this is a game for you and if you have game pass on pc it's free and it's definitely worth trying out you know i i restarted probably i don't know i probably restarted four or five times in this game just to just because i I would run into something that kind of screwed me over i think early on in one of my games i was very warlike and my my king ended up becoming like crippled he lost a leg and then he lost an eye and then he was uh, nobody wanted to marry him and he couldn't have any kids and I'm like well there we go I just stagnated that dynasty right there uh, and then you know and then I would just get run over by another uh, I wouldn't pay attention to another guy's army size and I would have my um, I would send out my um, one of my council members the bishop 
to create a false claim on a title and I would attack that guy not realizing that, oh, his army is like twice as good as mine, you know, because there's just I don't know how to explain it, but there is so much to this game. Like you you have a council that you can make your council do tasks like you have a spy master and a marshal and a steward, a chancellor and a, a chaplain and a spouse, you know. You have the that can be on your council, and you can have them do so many different things, and they give you, they just give you all kind of things. Your chancellor can focus on foreign affairs or domestic affairs, or they can uh, they can basically you be used to like integrate a title, uh, and like I said, your chaplain or bishop can be used to fabricate claims on a on a title, you know, and that you can use that to do a callous bell against the player, so you could take it over. This game, I probably spent, you know, last weekend, I probably played this game all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And then I played a few hours at night leading up to it. And this last week, I've not put in as much time because I've not had as much time. But I probably put in outside of the weekend. On the weekend alone, I probably put in 20 to to 24 hours over the weekend uh, because I couldn't stop playing, you know. And then throughout the week, I probably put in another 10 hours into it. But I could not master it. Uh, you know, I, I could get to the point where I was doing great, and then I'd get a little too big for my britches and and do something stupid, and, and then I would get excommunicated by the church, and then my, my, my piety would start going down, and then I would start becoming the enemy of all these kingdoms because I had, did too many false fabricated claims, and the church would be like, no, nah, we, don't, we don't want you around anymore, you know? So, or, you know, I married off my uh, son to the Queen of England at one point, and... Uh, <laughs> And then they had a child together, and he inherit and basically he inherited the kingdom, so it became part of my kingdom. But then he was uh, there's a there's a trait that makes them unappealing, so he could never have any children, and so I lost that kingdom. I'm just like, oh my god! So, so you it's had like a soap ugly opera. babies. <laughs> yeah, we had ugly babies with the Queen of England, and so then, you know, we uh, my my that that part of my thing went away and I lost those titles because he couldn't he couldn't have children and I couldn't get anybody married I couldn't get anybody to marry him and have children with him and I'm just like all right well you know <laughs> so <laughs> like yeah. I, yeah pretty much they were like he's got he's got yeah. duties you gotta take over I've, Notre Dame he's quasi right I never heard of a loss <laughs> I never heard anybody losing kid from ugly ass kids right yeah. <laughs> So my uh, my son and and the Queen of England at the time had a very ugly child, I guess, and he couldn't be married. So I was like, ooh, he's going to inherit all these titles. And then when he grew up and I tried to marry him off, I'm like, ah, he can't have children because he's too ugly. Come on. So so this game has so many like it's basically like a create your own story and you could play this game 20 different times and probably something new will happen every time. But it's a very hard game. It, It makes you read a lot. It makes you, it makes you have to pay attention. If you're just going to play this game like you would, uh, Civilization or, or like Lord of the Realms, the old one that kind of reminds me of, you're not going to get anywhere. It's going to basically just run you over. It's going to steam, it's going to steamroll you, railroad you, uh, cause you're going to not pay attention to some decisions you need to make, your, your council. Cause another thing we haven't talked about is, is everybody has a diplomacy level with you. Even your own family is like how much they like you. They can like you and hate you, and if you leave people on your council that hate you, they will plot against you. And next thing you know, you're getting you're getting hosed. Like, you know, I got excommunicated one time because my chaplain had a negative 80% ranking of me. He thought very highly of me, but he was somehow on my council, 
and he ended up getting me excommunicated from the church, and I'm just like, oh, you know. So then I had him executed, and you know, and just <laughs> <laughs> I got excommunicated, he got executed. You know, that's so. one thing I I noticed too was, and I didn't notice it at first. And I feel like with this game too is like the more you play it, the more you learn, right? That's one thing too. And you may not learn a lot, but you. I felt like every time I played it, I learned something new that retained where I was like, okay, yeah, that's how that works. So, you know, so it is one of those things that even if you don't look at the tutorials or look at the wiki, you could still, you still do learn things over time. It just takes, it's going to take you longer. Right. Um, but one thing I learned about the, your council that I didn't notice at first, not to like way later was that, you know, each little section being that they're the priest or your, uh, or your spy master or your marshal or whatever, they have different stats. So like your marshal needs to have, basically they need to have a high stat in, in, uh, uh, military and in, in attack, right? And so, and it shows that ranking on there. So when you're going to pick who you're going to assign, I mean, you have a, th- a couple things to think about. You know, you have par- powerful vassals, but you also have ones that, you know, you got to think about, you can't just stick them in a council position because, you know, you get a powerful vassal and they'll say, well, they, they should be on, they want to be on your council. You know, uh, they, they expect to be on your council and you go, OK, but then you got to think about, OK, where am I going to where am I going to put them? I can't just put them as my spy master because if he has a spy master uh, intrigue rating of one, well, he's not going to be a very good spy master. Right. So you got to look at those stats on those characters to make sure that who you're assigning each section, one that, like you said, they do like you. Right. Or have a positive outlook on 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 you. Uh, also, you make sure they're high ranked in those uh, different areas. Like you got the guy that does your money, right? You want to make sure he has a high standing in, in, in money. Steward. Yeah, stewardship. Yeah. yeah, your steward. So that way he's not, not just willy-nilly spending money or, or losing or you're losing money. Yeah, exactly. Every, every character, every character in the game, yourself, all your heirs, everybody, every king, every queen, every Tom, Mary, Joseph have a, have a skill set of skills, and they are all their diplomacy, martial stewardship, intrigue, learning, and prowess. And basically, they all lean towards how they they're, 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 they all have values, and those values lean towards what they're good at. You know, obviously, diplomacy. You know, uh, if, if you want to use them in your council, they all have something like diplomacy makes people. Uh, it, it either increases your prestige or increases uh, opinion of you based on every level that person is. So if they have a, a diplomacy of 14, you get a plus 14 to your general opinion of you for everybody that they're focusing on. So if they're focusing on external relationships or internal relationships, those people get a bonus opinion of you. And then just like as Nick said, the stewardship gets you like a every point that you get into there gives you like a 2% domain tax increase. And then like it gives you a domain level increase per like five. And then like intrigue for your spy master, you know, gives you chance of them discovering schemes 1% for every level and then gives you scheme success chance and stuff like that. So there's, you just stumble on a whole nother level of the game there, Nick, with that. <laughs> yeah. And well, I didn't can, realize that till late. We can definitely tell who wants these kind of games and who doesn't. That's for <laughs> sure. I'm still trying not to laugh at the words powerful vassal. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, but I mean, what I think what else all makes this game difficult though, is, is if you jump around to the different uh, cultures they all call their vassals and levels of government different. Like, you know, 
you take something as simple as a, a hired force, a, a military force. So if you're trying to learn what I want to hire for my my military, and we'll take we'll take for example the Greek. You know, you have to learn what a what a Vagarian guard is, and a Hercules, and a and a Hippolytes. You know, are those are the same thing as like a men at arms and all this other stuff. So they do that to you because they're trying to be historically correct. And then when you go look at like um, when you go try to learn uh, the structure of of their their uh, governors and barons and stuff like that, that's all different depending on the the culture that you're in. You know, and they have cult. The game has culture in it. You know, that there's there's the Irish and the Scottish, and they have their level of culture, and you can marry in and out of the culture, and it creates different levels of of how people like and dislike you. I mean, this game, I, I could probably spend another twenty to forty hours into it, and still probably not know sixty to fifty percent of it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, yeah, it's definitely one that I. Too. Yeah, definitely one I want to play more, but I don't know if I'll have the time to sink into it because I get lost in these type of games. Yeah, I, I noticed that too because when I was talking about earlier, I picked different kings, and I picked one and and I got in there and it was it was again it was that thing with a different culture and I started looking at all the titles and looking at all the you know outlines of the of the kingdoms and stuff and I'm like wow these are all different words <laughs> I'm like what are these like this is all different now. And so, yeah, you know, it's it's politics, the game, really, uh, or Game of Thrones, maybe the game. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And you apparently can make your bishop a cannibal or maybe your whole dynasty cannibals. So that's <laughs> yeah, something. I think I, I think I'd read or watch a YouTube video about that one. <laughs> Did uh, anybody... All I was going to add was I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but all I was going to add was like there's so much custom within the way that you want to play that there's almost over customization we complain so much about oh gosh i wish this game was a little bit more customizable the way that i like to play well this one literally has every bit of customization that you want into it yep you want to marry off your kids to your rivals so they can so they can take over their territory you can do it you want to marry your cousin go for it you know the the, the options are endless here on who you right. want to marry and who you want to marry off and how you want to progress the game. You know, this game is not for everybody. This is a game that I picked for everybody to play, and they probably all hate me for it. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's definitely well, one of the ones. That... As, I, as aggravated as I got, I, I, I really enjoyed the concept. I I just, that game is just too much for my little mind. Yeah, it didn't aggravate me. The thing that aggravated me the most about this game was I wanted to learn how to play it. And that was the main thing. Like there was just so many, like I could, I could tell like this was a cool game and I, and I enjoyed what was going on. I just wanted to understand it more and learn more of the mechanics and stuff. And the fact that, you know, like Russ said, it made me feel dumb where I'm not understanding any of this stuff, you know, and, or understanding it just a little at the time. That's what frustrated me with it. You know, if I had more time and really understood it, this would be an awesome game. I feel like. I wholeheartedly agree with Nick in that. Like, I wanted to learn more about the game so that I could continue to play it without, like, having to literally pause it and remember where I was at within what I was doing on the third Sunday of of two years ago. And this is game, this is game time again, not real life, but it was just... It was like that. That was just uh, the desire to really learn and want to play it, and, and 
not necessarily be successful, but just be understanding of what I was doing and what it meant in some occasions when uh, at first I didn't understand who I should marry. Like I, at, for example, this, and this will be my quick example. Initially, when I first started to look for spouses and stuff, I was looking at the way that they saw me within the renown. So if they were plus 14, then I, w- I would just kind of be like, okay, well, that's a pretty good person. That one's negative five. That one's negative 12. Okay. Not realizing that the negative 12 or the negative 20 has every single stat that I really want. And all I had to do was bring her on and maybe, you know, give her a little bit of money or, or whatever, build her, uh, build the renown up with her or whatever you want to call it. The prestige, I think it is actually, you know, uh, th- I didn't realize that. So like, I, like I said, the first one I, I think married was like, was like plus 20. But she was lustful, deceitful, and cunning. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Right. Yep. You got because yeah, you got to be careful with the traits because they some of the traits are they're not compatible. You know, so you, you have traits as the king, or as your if you're a baron or or, or Dutch or whatever, you have t- you have titles and you have you have uh, attributes. And if those attributes are are Counter mingus to your counter counter minus to your your significant other than your hose because they're not going to play well together and they're going to have a very disdain for you and your spouse as long as they're not like ruling another kingdom or ruling another uh, type of uh, land they can join your council and if they think really crappy of you they're not gonna, they're gonna they're gonna go against you you know so they're gonna hurt you on your council I'm like I said I this game is this game is in my in my wheelhouse but. It is very overwhelming unless you can just sit down and spend enormous amounts of time with it and try different things and see how it goes. And that's what this game is all about. You're like, can I take over this kingdom if I marry my my daughter into it? How can I take it over? You know, maybe I have one son and I need to protect him and make him the heir of my my area or my kingdom, and I don't want to send him off to you know another kingdom to marry into their family and take over that area because I need him to be you know take over mine when I'm gone. So you just have to pretend you have to basically put a process in your head and say, I want to take over X. How can I do that? And then basically expand. That's the reality of it. You know, you're trying to expand your holding and, and increase your dynasty. Basically, your dynasty's holding. You want your family to be the most rich and powerful uh, dynasty out there. So how do you go about that? Is it through brute force and battling? Or is it through scheming and tactics or marrying or, or how do you do this? You know, how you do it is up to you. Right. Your brain is doing mathematical formulas <laughs> right. as, you're, as you're looking at this game. Because, you know, we were talking about wives and even council members or knights, you know, because you got to pick knights. Your knights die. Well, you got to assign new people as your knights. So then you start looking through, like Patrick said, all of them have traits. Yeah, negative traits, good traits. They either like you or they dislike you or they have some weird, weird, you know, thing with them where their kids all come out deformed or something like that. And so you got to look at all that stuff and then you got to say, okay, well, they're like Russ said, you know, they're cunning or, or deceitful. You know, is that a good match for me or for my son or my nephews or cousins or whoever I'm marrying? Uh, is that a good match for them? Will this help me in the long run? Is it, you know, and, and it's not like they give you like five to choose from. No, it's like a list of like, <laughs> like 30 <laughs> different wives to choose from. And you're kind of scrolling through going, 
and it gets overwhelming. It really does. Luckily, there are filters and sort in sorting and 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 uh, different things like that, that the game gives you to kind of help you sort out what you're looking for. But again, like Patrick said, you really got to think about what you're looking for. You got to think about what you're trying to achieve. You know, baby steps is really what it is. What am I trying to achieve? I don't want to take over. You know, maybe maybe in the long run you want to take over England, right? But you're over in Ireland. So maybe you need to think about taking over what's north of you or taking over the entire, you know, continent and then moving over, you know, then moving overseas and kind of going in from there and then just kind of sweeping through until you get to that part. Or maybe you think about marrying into England and kind of going in that way more diplomacy wise or maybe more scheme wise. And yeah, so you really got to make a plan. It's really about, you know, you're going to sit on that pause menu when it first game first starts for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes thinking about how you're going to execute and which direction you want to go, either it be diplomacy or military, and getting to your end goal. Yep, very much makes you think. It's a, definitely a thinker's game, and it's a long game. It's not. It's a long game. You're not going to play it and and get any – you're not going to make hardly any decent headway in like 30 minutes or an hour. Your, your, your plans and scheme, unless you just have the game running full speed, which at that point you're missing a whole bunch of the content because – one of the things that Nick talked about was your knights and stuff like that. Those knights come from your court, and you have to hold events to bring people into your court so that you can, you know, pull people in there. If you can pull governors from there and all kinds of other stuff from your court, and that's a whole other subject under your realm and governance type stuff. So I could go on for hours about this. So, you know, um, how about we kind of wrap this up with a did anybody have a favorite part or a favorite story that kind of came out of it? How about Shane? Did you have a favorite part or maybe a favorite story that happened to you while you're playing it? Just the words powerful vessel. <laughs> so no cool story about getting excommunicated by your priest and then having him executed. Honestly, I couldn't keep track because I spent half the time looking at my phone, trying to figure out what I'm doing. <laughs> but no, no, uh, like I said, if, if you're like Nick and you, you guys into this, definitely check it out. What about you, Russ? Did you have a, a favorite uh, sequence of events or maybe uh, something unique or funny that happened to you that, that you thought was the best part? I, th- I think not really funny or anything like that. I think the whole – when I married the uh, the Spanish princess or Spanish whatever duchess or whatever you want to call it uh, – I think when I when I started that, had I been just a little bit more patient uh, with the process instead of being a little frustrated because I didn't get Ireland completed, I, I look back on that and say, dang, I should have just let it go just a little bit longer to see what would have happened. And then the only real funny thing about it was um, my spy master was actually scheming on one of my daughters. Uh, it, it popped up. <laughs> it popped up, and it said, and it said that the scheme was noti- was notified. Now I could have read it wrong, but there was something against one of my daughters, but that he was the culprit, and uh, he left the council on that next turnaround. So I don't know. I don't know if I read it wrong or if I if I got rid of him. It was just really strange that that there was actually something going after my children as well. How about you, Nick? Uh, like funniest thing that happened to you or maybe you know what your favorite part of the game was if you don't have anything like that i don't really have anything super funny one of the things that i guess it's it's kind of funny that happened was <laughs> i was uh trying to sway a mayor of some county i can't remember what it was what county it was 
but in order to sway him, I had to clean his 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 castle. So I went in and basically <laughs> cleaned up his dining room and uh, cleaned all his books up. He had books scattered everywhere, and I organized them. And then he had a, a chest full of money, and I told him it wasn't a good idea to bring that to just leave that out in the open because it was just out in the open, big and open, this giant chest full of gold. And he was like, "Oh yeah, that's really that's really smart." And <laughs> so that was me swaying and was basically cleaning his entire uh, castle because it was a mess. In and the so, maid outfit. Yeah, I put on my maid outfit as the king and still wore my crown, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and cleaned his house. And, he, and then he was he was he, at that point he was swayed. But I, I, I think my favorite moment was when I finally started to kind of learn how to how, how my military works and started taking over kingdoms or taking over land within Ireland, you know, cause I tried it a few times during the tutorial and that kind of went down cause I, I wasn't paying attention kind of what Patrick said earlier with, you know, the different army levels. Cause it does tell you if an army is inferior to yours, right. Or on the same level, or if your army is more, uh, uh, you know, more inferior than theirs or whatever. Um, there's also a little score that tells you too, that you can look at. And during the tutorial, I somehow messed it up, and I think I may have ran into the same thing rusted where I didn't move my guys to the kingdom. You know, I couldn't figure out how to siege kingdoms or anything like that. And then I think too late during the tutorial, I figured out that I could create men at arms. You know, I could create like, uh, you know, the big catapults and stuff like that to help with my siege. But when I finally learned everything and I started taking over Ireland, and I had like pretty much almost the entire thing taken over due to military might, you know, and and that was really cool. That was it was fun to finally finally through all my you know not, not being able to get there, I finally got there and was starting to take everything over, and that was exciting. So, yeah, definitely. There's lots of things that happen. I think one of the things that always stuck to me that was that I thought was kind of funny in one of my playthroughs is that I married a very well-to-do. My king married a very well-to-do woman, but was not like a uh, didn't hold titles. So you know, you get renown or lose renown. Uh, somebody will gain renown or lose renown based on a, their level of um, uh, fame type stuff. So if you marry a commoner, you lose renown and they gain renown type stuff for them. So basically, one of the things was I married a very well-to-do woman in the game, and she was uh, I can't remember which trait this one led into, but basically. I caught her in a scheme where she was writing a letter and she hid it from me. And, and later on in the night, the king slipped her basically a Mickey, knocked her out, and went and read that she was practicing witchcraft. So basically I got a, a dirt on my wife that I was using, which kind of basically was the aha moment that these people, you know, this game is basically having you marry for power. You're not marrying for love or anything like that. You're marrying to spread your to spread your seed basically in this game. I am marrying to gain power and to put my children in power so that my dynasty lives on. But that was kind of like the aha moment where these people don't care about each other. He just basically got dirt on his wife <laughs> that he's going to use. So, yes. So does anybody want to add anything else about this game? I mean, I, I can go on for hours about it. So the key to this game to winning is spawning children, not ugly, lots of loot, and keep an eye on your wife. Yes. And then spread those children around the world. And clean the mayor's house. Clean the mayor's house. house. (laughs) Why you're the king. Why you're the king. 
No, this game. Consuela, more lemon pledge. <laughs> more pledge. Uh, no, this game is, this game is a lot of fun. I, I liked it. I just wish I could learn more about it and just really understand it. It's, it's a lot to take in. And it has, it's probably one of the steepest learning curves for a game that I've ever played. Um, there's just a lot about it. It, it. If you can take the time to learn it, it's great. Plus, if you have Game Pass, especially Game Pass Ultimate or Game Pass for PC, then it's on PC. So you can go and download it for free. Uh, with your Game Pass subscription and check it out for yourself. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.